When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its hosts are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Now the thing about time is that time isn't really real. It's just your point of view. How does it feel for you? Einstein said he could never understand it all. Planets are spinning through space. Smile upon your face. Welcome to the human race. Some kind of Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me Gregory Beicher. Uh, he is the president and CEO and the director of Millrock Resources, Inc. Uh, Millrock is a company that follows... Uh, the project generator model, which I have repeatedly said on this show is my favorite model, I think provides the best risk-reward uh, uh, model for exploration. Exploration uh, for minerals is a very very high-risk business. So the, uh, the project generator model modifies that risk considerably in a couple of ways. First of all, uh, companies usually have a lot of different projects, so you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. You have diversification. But perhaps uh, more importantly is... Uh, that project generators get other people to come in and spend uh, the highest risk capital. They'll go out generally and find some uh, early on some good exploration projects uh, that have had some work done. They might uh, do a little bit of work on those projects themselves and then attract other people that will put the high risk capital in the ground. Yes, they give up a certain percentage of the project, uh, but they don't issue that many shares. And one of the biggest risks that investors need to be aware of when it comes to junior mining sector is the endless, seemingly at times, endless dilution, going back to the markets time and time and time again to issue more shares to put more holes in the ground. Well, uh, in any event, Millrock Resources is one of those project generators, along with some others that we have on this show from time to time. Welcome, Gregory. It's good to have you back again to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Good afternoon, Jay. Thanks again for inviting me again. Well, it's really a pleasure to have you. And uh, I, I must say, I'm uh, looking now at, a, at an early report, uh, this written by uh, my friend, colleague, and competitor, Lawrence Ralston, going back to May 2010. And they talked about 
a couple of the projects uh, that I'd like to ask you about. I think the Estelle property. Talk to us a little bit about the Estelle property. Uh, you have a very aggressive drill program going, and I think you mentioned uh, before we came on the air here that something like 14 or 14 and a half million dollars being spent on all your properties this year, but you are spending over a million and a half, uh, only a million and a half or so, which illustrates the point I just made about the project generator model. But could you talk a little bit about the Estelle property? Uh, where are you at in the process now of exploring that property? Yeah, sure could, Jay. You know, I, I think back to, to last May uh, when when Lawrence uh, Ralston recommended us, and uh, things have really gelled for us uh, since that time. And I think uh, our exploration budget this year really proves it. We'll have uh, seven different companies contributing funds uh, to our overall exploration budget, which will exceed $14 million. Uh, Millrock's share of that is only $1.5 million. So we're really risking very, very little of our shareholders' money, but translating that into a great deal of exploration and therefore uh, lots of drill holes and lots of chances to make the discovery that's going to take our share price from its current point around 75 cents mm-hmm. uh, to, to much higher, higher levels. And uh, Estelle is uh, one of the really bright spots. It's a gold project in Alaska. <clears throat> our partner on this one is Tech. Uh, you know, Tech Resources is a uh, a household name, and they sure are up here in Alaska uh, as operators of the the major Red Dog Zinc mine. So they they know uh, our state, and uh, they're uh, apparently very happy to, to partner with us. They've, they're putting up a, a 3.5 million dollar budget for the Estelle project this year, and uh, we'll be initiating uh, a, a good sized drill program uh, beginning uh, around July 1st on that project. We're quite excited about what we found uh, at surface uh, over the prior two years. This will be the first round of drilling on the project, and we really can't wait to get going on it. So you're going to be drilling uh, July 1st. When might we receive some uh, some assays? Yeah, realistically, uh, we wouldn't see assay results uh, from that particular project until next September. But that's the one thing about Millrock is at this point, we almost always have a drill turning at one spot or the other. And so an investor putting money in today can expect almost constant uh, drilling news flow throughout the remainder of 2011 and beyond, for that matter. Well, uh, looking at Lawrence's uh, report, he says Estelle is a multi-million ounce gold target that shows similarity to Novogold's 40 million ounce Donlin Creek deposit. Would you agree with that statement? Well, uh, in my uh, my best dreams, that's what we're hoping for, uh, yeah. uh, a deposit measured in the, in the tens of millions of ounces. But I, I don't like to over-promote anything. No, the reality is we have some great indications at surface. Uh, they're compelling drill targets. Uh, <coughs> keep your fingers crossed. Uh, hope for the best. Uh, uh, in this business, uh, you have to be good at what you're doing, but it takes a bit of luck, too, and what we need right now is luck. We've got everything else lined up. Well, I would say that uh, certainly uh, we want to underscore to especially novice investors that this is a high-risk business, and uh, you look at, I like to look at the blue sky so you know what might be there, uh, realizing that nothing is proven until the drills go down in sufficient numbers and close enough together to really statistically be comfortable with what you have. But certainly if tech is there and spending that kind of money, I mean, it's not a lot of money for them, admittedly, but they... They wouldn't be fooling around with a property unless they thought it had uh, world-class potential. I think it's generally true of larger companies like that. Well, I, th- I think that's true. You know, I, I've 
as a geologist, can go on and on about the geologic merits of, of our projects, but the reality is the investor need only look at uh, our business partners, which are, are Tech, uh, Kinross, uh, Vale, uh, the Brazilian giant company, uh, Inmet. Uh, I mean, these are uh, very solid, major producing mining companies with uh, quite uh, bright geologists. Uh, they've elected to invest millions of dollars in our company, as shareholders in some cases, uh, and uh, in, in uh, specific projects that we own. Uh, so I think that's a pretty good endorsement of, of the geologic merits of our projects. Okay, you have another a second project that uh, you would like to highlight, I think, and, uh, and that's the Uncle Sam project in Alaska as well. Talk to you us bet. about the Uncle Sam yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> activity and uh, investor interest in the Yukon Territory. Uh, you know, the, the rocks don't stop at the border. They come right on across into Alaska, and I think uh, the, uh, um, the interest is starting to wash across uh, into our state. And uh, we've, uh, Mill Rocks have had quite a number of uh, claims staked out uh, before the competition has really picked up on it. And uh, Uncle Sam was one of the key blocks that, that we uh, uh, picked up uh, around a year and a half ago. We've done some preliminary work, and now we've made a deal with a, a Vancouver-based junior company called Crescent Resources, and they're uh, about to fund a, a fairly substantial drilling program that's going to start on May 1st. So we're going to get an early jump on the uh, Alaska drilling season. Uh, with this project. It's a gold project. Um, uh, There's been some prior work done by other companies, got some uh, pretty darn good uh, uh, gold intersections in that drilling. Uh, We've reinterpreted those results, and uh, we should be able to step out right along strike and start uh, adding uh, length to those zones and and, uh, hopefully developing a, a resource over the coming years. Uh, you have also, uh, I, I have to ask you, we only have a couple of minutes left, but I have to ask you about your copper project in, uh, uh, in Arizona, uh, because you did mention that you have drill results coming on a regular basis. Right, uh, sure. I mean, uh, we're, we're already well into uh, our 2011 season. We're drilling in Arizona right now on our San Jose project, uh, uh, an agreement with InMet funding the work. Uh, we'll start up uh, again within a couple of weeks on our Galliero project, uh, which Vale is funding. Uh, these are uh, uh, you know, very strong uh, conceptual geologic targets, and uh, uh, there could be discoveries of, of major copper porphyries. Um, and uh, we've, we've, we're just waiting for the results now. The drill's turning as we speak, and uh, those results will roll out through the later spring and, and summer. So, okay, so there's plenty for investors to keep their results. eyes on. Uh, regular, uh, regular investors or people that are following this company is certainly one I need to follow more closely. Where can we follow it? Your website is what? Sure, it's uh, millrockresources.com, and it's a pretty comprehensive website. Uh, investors should be able to get most anything they need off it, but there's, uh, you can certainly uh, send in questions by email or, or contact us uh, directly if there's questions. Well, I think it certainly is a credit to you, Gregory, and the uh, and your management team, the confidence that these big guys have in your management team, the projects that you have. When I look over this list of Altius and Inmet and uh, Ken Ross and 
uh, tech. I mean, uh, that, that really does, uh, I think, say a lot, of course. And with a, a lot of different projects, you, you would think that certainly, uh, not certainly, but with a high level of probability that one of them is going to come in and, and make something very valuable for you. So I, I really uh, I really like your story very much, and uh, I, I hope our listeners will follow up and, and follow you. Anything else you'd like to add before we uh, part company this time? Uh, no, thanks, Jay. I just hope that the uh, the next uh, time you and I speak that we've got a, a, a great big discovery to report. And, we could uh, very well have, and maybe we can start to see something from the Copper Project within, a, within weeks, perhaps. Who knows? Could be. Yep. Okay. Thank you very much, Gregory, uh, for being with us, and we'll look forward to updating our listeners sometime in the near future. Folks, don't go away. I'm going to have Roger Wiegand is coming back with me for the wrap-up on today's show. Don't go away. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Crocodile Gold Corp is a new gold producer with bite. With operating gold mines in the Northern Territory of Australia, Crocodile Gold produced 82,000 ounces of gold in 2010. Crocodile Gold has significant exploration upside on its expansive land package of 2,500 square kilometres. Please visit our website at www.crocgold.com for more information. Don't let this snappy opportunity pass by. Parkerville Gold Mines, BGM on the TSX.V, is focused on the exploration and development of its gold projects in the historic Caribou Goldfields in British Columbia. Parkerville's mineral tenure now encompasses over 111,000 hectares, covering the 60-kilometer-long by 20-kilometer-wide geological belt and includes seven past-producing mines and two of Parkerville's own proposed open-pit mines, currently in the permitting process. Parkerville recently announced the acquisition of the QR mine and 900-ton-per-day QR mill. Parkerville Gold began mining operations in February of 2010 and is expecting to produce 50,000 ounces in its first full year of mining. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. to turning hard times into good times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I've got my partner, Roger Regan, here for the wrap-up today. And uh, Roger was talking to me at the break about uh, a speech that uh, President Obama made. I want to, um, before Roger uh, gives us his comments on Obama, I just want to say that we do not, uh, really do not, I, and I'm speaking for myself, uh, do not really want to be political on this show because I think politics are, you know, I, I think politics are basically a lot of baloney. And what we want to do is try to look at the reality and keep our emotions in check if we can. And we want to look at the reality of what people are saying 
And then more importantly than what they're saying, what are they doing? Because, uh, you know, I mean, who, it's no secret that politicians generally ignore their campaign promises and then uh, take care of the people who funded their campaigns, perhaps. But anyway, Roger, talk to us a little bit about Obama's speech. that's uh, uh, apparently uh, not going over big with some people. Well, I, I had uh, I did not see the speech myself, Jay. But what I did I did research on it today uh, because I was curious what happened, and more importantly, what were the top critics saying? Uh, I've got notes from Bloomberg, which is a good source. I've also got notes notes from uh, uh, Associated Press. Uh, Associated Press did a story called "Fact Check: How Do Obama's Libya Claims Fit the Facts." Their argument was there's a lot of holes in the whole discussion. Uh, going back just a moment, uh, some time ago in Trader Tracks, before the president was elected, the fear that I had was is that we would potentially have an inexperienced pre- president uh, go, forced into a war situation where he was, didn't have the skills to manage the problems. Uh, my, that is the worry that I have personally, but in sticking to the facts that these other fellows did right, from Bloomberg and Associated Press, uh, they said, first of all, that he did not follow the, the rules of the Constitution, which say unless America is, is threatened directly, uh, he doesn't have authority to start any kind of a hot war, a shooting war, without the permission of Congress. So a lot yeah, of people Brother, are... Roger, let me just interrupt just for a second, though. Which of our last presidents has gotten them? permission of the Congress. I mean, certainly the Bush administration didn't at all. No, I, I, that's not true, Jay. I thought the same, but I, I, somebody on TV the other night said that he did take his, his request to the Congress. Well, we certainly haven't had a declaration of war since... Uh, since no, the- they didn't declare war, but they got permission <coughs> to go do what they were going to do, which is probably tantamount to the same thing. Well, I, I only make the point because I think both, both parties have have basically ignored the Constitution, but go ahead. Continue. No, I have to agree with that as well. Uh, the other thing that they pointed out in this discussion was that there was no coherent plan laid out for this, this whole enterprise. In other words, they had no exit strategy. They didn't have any goals in the first place. And uh, some of the uh, fact check did find that some of the statements were wanting as far as reality. Uh, I think this thing is out of control. Where it's going to go, I don't know. But what, the, what they've done is they've tried to push the responsibility in NATO and the United Nations, but NATO and the United Nations are pretty much dominated by the United States. Of course. So, obviously, those, that's where those things are going to go anyway. <coughs> now, well, for sure. The, other, and, the uh, most important thing I think I see on this, Jay, and then we'll get to another topic, is that it appears when the U.S. would go into an endeavor like Libya, that they are saving lives, what I would call selectively. Uh, how many other countries have got similar problems where their citizens are, are put upon, they're beat up, they're killed, their rights are, are renounced? They've got all kinds of problems, and in many of those, of course, the U- U.S. has done nothing. Now, in my view, the, uh, the United States can't be the policeman for the world, and they shouldn't be. We're wasting too much uh, treasure too many young lives of, of fine young men uh, trying to be the policeman for the world, and I think a lot of it, we ought to just get out of it. So anyway, that's, that's pretty much the situation there. Uh, getting on to another topic, and I think actually as important as Libya is, 
I think this is probably more important than that. And my point is, and we did issue an alert today, that the the bond situation, the credit situation in Europe is going from bad to worse very quickly. Now, what happened this morning, on this Tuesday morning of, of uh, March 29th, uh, S&P rating service downgraded Portugal bonds for the second time in four days. In addition to that, they downgraded Greece again, and I don't know how many times they've been downgraded. We've seen reports coming out of Spain and Italy saying that they're trying desperately to uh, detach themselves from the problems in in Greece and and uh, and uh, Portugal, and they're not being able to do it. And the problem with Spain is is they are so much larger as a percentage of GDP for all of Europe that when that one starts to get stuck into the muck with the rest of the stuff, I think we're, we're really headed for major trouble. Uh, Euroland generally and the euro <laughs> currency had a major setback this week in that uh, Angela Merkel lost a major election. She's still in control, but she's, her party has not got the dominant control that it had before. Now, previously, Mrs. Merkel was trying to... Um, Keep the, Mer- the German taxpayers out of being the pay- paymaster for all of these poor countries in trouble, and she was forced into it by the European Central Bankers, uh, the bond people, and everybody else that has anything to do with credit in mm-hmm. Europe, like the IMF and the World right. Bank. Cons- consequently, when she caved in and said that they were going to go ahead and they were going to protect these people with more credit, uh, she got she got slammed in an election in yeah. one of the most important districts of all in Germany. Yeah, well, so now, Roger, now Germany's stuck and they're on the I hook. Think, I think what you're saying here is a growing problem in Europe uh, from the poor countries as well as the rich countries. Uh, the poor countries don't want to be disciplined the way the rich countries are trying to make them be. Uh, you know, the whole the whole idea of a European Union falling apart, as Adrian Sabucci said earlier today, seems to be a reality, a very very a real possibility anyway. Uh, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for now, Roger. I just want to remind our listeners that they can get trial subscriptions to Roger's letter, Chen's letter, and my letter at special introductory rates. Call uh, call our, our office in 718-457-1426, 718-457-1426, or go to our website at miningstocks.com. Next week, our show will focus on energy with an emphasis on nuclear energy, and I will have... Uh, Amir Adnani, CEO of Uranium Energy, as well as the CEO of Athabasca Uranium with me. Uh, then, uh, hopefully, we're going to have Nicole Foss come back again. Nicole is an expert on nuclear safety. We had her a delightful lady of one of my best interviews I've ever had, I think. Also joining me will be Paul Michael Wiebe. Uh, he has a brilliant track record in analyzing the energy markets in general, and I would put him up against uh, Matthew Simmons anytime, who was uh, on my show uh, before he passed away uh, last year. Uh, so we're going to have mostly an energy show uh, next week. Uh, that's sort of an anomaly. We're usually more on gold and the metals. But energy, uh, of course, nuclear energy is very, very important these days. Uh, so I think we're going to have a really good show next week, um, like we do almost every week, I must say. Uh, in closing, I want to thank our, uh, I want to thank the people that made this show logistically possible. My senior executive producer, Tacey Trump, Ruben Colombe, uh, Colombe, my operations manager, Justin Jackman, my engineer, 
those people at Voice America make this show logistically possible. I want to thank each of you for listening, making this the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. I want to thank all of our sponsors for making this show financially viable. And until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now the thing about time is that time is in-